more minutes where we're spending, apparently, at least 66 weeks going book by book through the Bible. And we've been in the historical books, which have some sections that can be challenging to read, especially if you're not connected with the significance of them, but are also really lovely. And we're in Ezra this week, which overlaps just a little bit with the end of Kings and Chronicles. And I always hear the band's name better than Ezra. And then I hear the Saturday Night Live skit rounding out the top of the charts. Number one, better than Ezra. Number two, Ezra. But Ezra is actually a servant of the Lord who was tasked with helping the nation of Israel flourish under first the decree of um, Cyrus and then Darius and several other kings. And the beauty found in Ezra is a very um, distant beauty for the first few chapters and then a very up-close and personal beauty that again um, shows us the pattern of God. He creates a people for himself they fall, he redeems and pursues them, and then he recreates a people. In Ezra chapter uh, 7, Ezra covers about 100 years um, of the exile of the nation of Israel and their return from exile, but they're still an occupied country and people. And it is just dripping, the second half especially, with humility. The book changes about halfway through to the first person, where Ezra was first recording the history of the exile and then uh, recording his own role in the leadership of that. And the humility comes in how they make choices. They're opposed by some neighbors, and they have to be diplomatic and careful. And it might look more wise than humble, but underneath the wisdom is a humility to serve the Lord, to accept their exile, and to then be so thankful and joyful that he chose to recreate the people. And they're, they're humble in their choices and their diplomacy, but also in their feasts and the way they do sacrifices. They welcome sojourners who are willing to worship Yahweh and Yahweh alone. I particularly like Ezra's prayer in chapter 8. The Bible is full of bold prayers and confused prayers, and, and this is really a, a timid prayer. But luckily, the God behind the prayer is not timid. And Ezra said, Then I proclaimed a fast there at the river Ahava that we might humble ourselves before our God to seek from him a safe journey for ourselves, our children, and all our goods. For I was ashamed to ask the king for a band of soldiers and horsemen to protect us against the enemy on our way, since we had told the king the hand of our God is good on all who seek him, and the power of his wrath is against all who forsake him. So we fasted and implored our God for this, and he listened to our entreaty about three or four times in Ezra that where Ezra describes that the hand of the Lord is with him. And what he means by that is it all went well, and we praised God and thanked him. Not that they saw God's hand like in the Exodus or God spoke directly like he does to many of the prophets, but that the plans came together through wisdom, prayer, humility, and eventually through repentance. The end of Ezra is uh, a little challenging if we don't remember the story of the Old Testament because Ezra is particularly convicted that some in the nation of Israel have intermarried with the uh, surrounding nations. And the problem with that is not an ethnic problem. The problem is they refused to give up their other gods who were violent and terrible. And what happens to the people of Israel who were called to be uh, a church-state nexus, the state is now in part because they're exiles, is they're called to be pure. And if you let impurity in, it wreaks havoc 
amongst the community, both literal and spiritual. So if we remember all of that, then we're not troubled by Ezra's repentance. And in fact, when you look at the list of those that intermarried, of the over 40,000 that came to Israel, the list is only about 100. And they're not stoned, they're not whipped, they're not fined. They're simply asked to cease what they're doing unless their wives want to begin to worship Yahweh and Yahweh alone. And what this reminds us of, though it is different for Christians, the principle is the same. What we do when we're caught is we repent and we turn back to the Lord and renew our commitment to following him and him alone. Ezra does that beautifully with tears and fasting and prayer and honesty and praise and thanks, remembering the good news that God is rich in mercy and longs for his people to serve him and thereby truly live.